Bragging rights shouldn't be limited to just one season. All the help you need to dominate your league again and again. This is the Dynasty Heat Seekers. What is up, Heat Seekers? It's your boy, Rick. And we added a new team member. We're just switching stuff up. We're going to be switching stuff up on you going forward, it looks like. We'll announce that right when we figure out exactly what we're doing. But Bryce, you've seen him on the redraft show on Wednesday nights during the season. You've seen him on the Sunday morning shows with me, the Boomer Bust, before the slates kick off on Sunday. He is going to join us on Tuesday and the Heat Seekers for now. We end up changing. But Bryce, how have you been? And what changed your mind and made you decide that you wanted to jump on the show? I usually do the redraft show and it's not really relevant until kind of the draft happens and stuff. So I've been waiting and jumping in on your guys' show just kind of made me want to come back to it. So I asked to get on here and definitely uh, wanted to. This I've been doing pretty good, but this offseason has been boring as a Patriot fan. But for everything else fantasy related, it's been wild. So these past two shows you guys had were really good talking about the QBs and wide receivers, which were extremely relevant of this, this offseason. Wait, you're not like super stoked for Devontae Parker joining the Patriots? You know, <laughs> your offense it's, didn't it, just it, take two steps forward? It's all right. If anything, it tells me they're definitely, I would say they're either trading back or they're taking defense first round for sure. Or, or yeah, it's got to be defense first round. They'll probably get uh wide receiver, either the second or the third. But I guess he's better than what we got. He's a step up from Kendrick Bourne on the outside. So I'll take we'll take it. I personally think that's debatable. I don't know. Anthony really? kind of looks looks I like, like Kendrick this. Bourne. Yeah. I mean, he's on the Niners. <laughs> I'm a little biased. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, Anthony, how are you doing this week? Doing good. Glad to be back. Good to see everyone here. Chuck and, and Bryce, thank you for joining us. And uh yeah, let's have a good show, guys. Appreciate it. Charles. How you doing down there, my guy? You're a little oh, low. We're great. Yeah, not not crazy about my camera setup, but uh, glad to be here and uh, just happy to talk some football with you fellas. Looking forward to it. Nice. <laughs> so, yes, today we are going to talk about running backs, and there weren't a whole lot of especially like superstar running backs that moved teams. So we just decided that we're going to talk about some of the relevant guys that switched, but it's not like huge impacts to our, our dynasty rosters. We're going to skim through that. And then we're going to talk about some guys at the top of the draft that we like a lot. And then after that, we will talk about some stashes, sleepers that we like to finish out the meat of the show this. And then after that, we will do questions like we do every week. So we're just going to start this off real quick here. And, and, Talk about Chase Edmonds going from Arizona to Miami. Anthony, I see you nodding your head. Are you excited about Edmonds in Miami versus what he did last year with Arizona? Yeah, he prefaced the conversation saying that nothing was really earth-shattering here. Last offseason, there were a few moves that I don't think people thought were earth-shattering that ended up being pretty significant. And who comes to mind is when James Conner went to Arizona with Chase Edmonds. And it's it's like James Conner just completely took over that backfield. Even last season with Edmonds there, he really it, it was a huge move. Anyone on anyone on a dynasty roster who had James Conner just out of nowhere got you know high end RB two production, and it was pretty remarkable. So 
Is Edmonds going to do the same thing in Miami? I don't think so, but it, it wouldn't surprise me at the same time. I mean, he's talented. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. If he can stay healthy, Miami's going to be a much better offense this season. I think that if you have him, it's a good move, but I wouldn't be moving to, to trade for him. You know what I mean? I, I don't think that he's someone to go out there and acquire right now. Charles, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I just think that whole Miami backfield is just a gigantic mess. Anthony alluded to it himself when he was talking. Because you got Chase Evans there. We saw Raheem Mostert sign a one-year deal there as well. Miles Gaston hasn't gone anywhere. So you got three different guys who are all going to be clamoring for playing time. And it just doesn't seem like there's a real pathway to significant snaps and carries for just one individual person. So I just really don't like this for any of the running backs in Miami. So just a situation of trying to stay away from them unless drastic changes happen. Bryce, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think Chuck's right. It's going to be a running back by committee more than likely there. Edmonds is, I, I would say he's the third best like runner out of the guys they have there with Gaskin and Mostert. He's going to find himself more valuable in passing situations. And even in those situations, he's the fourth best option out of all like Waddle, Hill, Gusecki, then him and check down situations more than likely. So out of the backs on that team, I would say that he would be the second I would want on my team. I, I really don't think his value goes up or down going to Miami. We talked about it before the show. Miami was super inefficient when it came to run, running the football last year, but they never abandoned it. So they had a lot of rushing yards on the season, but their yards per carry were horrible. I think they were like dead last or second to last. So Edmonds would have to gain his value out of the passing game. And I just don't see him getting much action with the other weapons that they have. So what are your thoughts, Rick? Yeah, I think this is a San Francisco scenario, right? That's the offense yeah. that we're probably going to see in Miami this year. And they've already said they want to use Tyreek Hill like Debo. So you've already got a, a dynamic wide receiver that's going to take some of that action from the running backs. And then you've got three running backs that I don't think really separate themselves from each other that well. So will one during the season? That's always possible. One of these guys could come out and just – dominate we've seen Mostert do it while healthy so maybe he ends up getting the majority of the carries and then Gaskin and, and Edmonds fight for passing down work it's just not a backfield that I really want to get involved with similarly to the typical San Fran backfield that all of them they're typically efficient but they don't typically get the action when there's multiple guys there to really dominate like I would like to see my running backs do now we've seen Elijah Mitchell in that offense just take over and be the lead back last year when he was healthy. So that's always possible. But I think all three of these guys on the Dolphins are worse than Elijah Mitchell is. So Absolutely. it's just not nearly as exciting for me as is that backfield. So we've already talked about Raheem Mostert a little bit. Was anybody like you said that Edmonds was your second guy was Mostert the first, or is he the third and Gaskin the first? Yeah, I think he's the first. I think if they really like Gaskin, they wouldn't have went and signed all these guys. I think Mostert has the best big playability, which could get that ball rolling for him. Again, it's just a, a matter of staying healthy. We saw, and, and to be fair, San Francisco always had a great offensive line for run blocking, and Mostert took advantage of that. And that guy, when he hits, you know, that second gear, he's gone. Right? He's got. He's one of the fastest running backs in the NFL. So if they can take that explosiveness that I think that offense is trying to build around with having all this speed at wide receiver now, and he's going to be the speed at running back, he's the guy I think is going to get the rushing attempts. So I think. 
think he sees more touches, which makes him a little bit more valuable, in my opinion. So yeah, they definitely and, have a lot of speed on this team. Yeah, for, <laughs> for Anthony, sure. You're making bitter beer face up there. Yeah, Man, I, I just I can't get behind the uh, 29 year old running back who can't stay healthy as a viable option for my fantasy team. So which running back stays healthy? Can you? Know. Yeah, can you catch lightning in a bottle with Mostert again? Maybe I wouldn't bet on it. He of of the three running backs there, he is easily the lowest in my grouping. Charles. Yeah, I think right now, if I had to put them in order, I'd probably have Evans as my one. And then I would have most of it too and Gaskin at three because I think Evans is probably the most well put together of the three running backs because we saw when James Conner wasn't able to suit up that Chase Evans could do a little bit of everything in Arizona um, as a pass catcher and as a guy who can just run between the tackles. Whereas with Moster, he's he hasn't really shown too much as a pass catcher. We know he's got that blazing speed and he can make anything happen. And Miles Gaskin, you know, he's just been there for a while. But if you know, Miami's investing so much in the running back position this offseason, they clearly don't trust him to handle a significant role. So it sounds like they want to push him off to the side and let the newcomers handle a significant portion of snaps compared to him. Yeah, my biggest fear with with Edmonds being the guy that I target is that I don't think that he's a better runner than either of the other two guys. So even if Gaskin gets hurt, I think Mostert gets most of the carries. If Mostert gets hurt, I think Gaskin gets most of the carries. With Edmonds being the primary pass catching guy, which is great for PPR leagues, but if I can get that I would just rather stay away from this whole backfield and try to yeah. get somebody oh, that's going to be on the field. Absolutely, without question. All the time. So, uh, Marlon Mack. Real quick, Rick, if you don't mind. So, everyone would rank, other than me, everyone would rank, it would be Edmonds, Mostert, and then Gaskin. You Gaskin, guys are, I think, is third for all of us. And then... Yeah, except for me. Mostert and Edmonds are... They're just real close for me. Yeah, we'll um, segue into that later. I just wanted to... I wanted to get that. We'll talk about that later. We'll um, talk about that later. Marlon Mack, the guy that was trapped in Indy last year, I was very surprised they didn't trade him at the deadline when they weren't going to use him the rest of the year. I don't even think he dressed, but a couple games after that. But he, he signs with Houston, and we know that Houston has a lot of problems. Rex Burkhead got a lot of run in that backfield last year. This is a spot where... I personally think that Houston could end up targeting a running back in the draft in the, the second or third round, or I don't remember what all picks they have, but he's not safe by any means of not being taken out by a, a draftee. But at the same time, Houston has a lot of issues and running back may not be their top priority this year since they brought him in when we're talking about the draft. So there is a path to a lot of touches for Marlon Mack this is a guy that was also a, a fairly efficient running back. He didn't catch a lot of balls, but as a runner, was fairly efficient before his injury. Bryce, what do you think about Marlon Mack and Houston? I think you nailed it when you talked about they're not going to worry about the running back position with the abundant amount of holes, or the ridiculous amount of holes they have on that team. So Marlon Mack is going to be just fine for now, right? This guy, when before Jonathan Taylor got there, he was extremely efficient. He was very fantasy relevant for owners i think this guy can be really sneaky to get in drafts or, or especially in like redraft formats like really late that has a lot of potential to get a lot of touches i just don't know how valuable those touches will be i can't imagine anybody on houston having high touchdown upside this upcoming year but 
for a free agency running back, I, he arguably was the best one that moved to a different team this whole offseason. I would have rather have him than Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert on my real football team. Yeah, I like this move a lot. He's a sneaky guy with a lot of like a lot of sneaky value. He's not going to be a he's not going to be a uh, running back one, but a solid flex a solid flex play is definitely possible. So, Leone, what do you think? I want to I want to know what you guys think he's worth. Would you guys be trading a, a second round pick for him straight up? Maybe a late like a really late, if you don't think a guy, if you don't like any of those guys there, it's definitely a preference. But I think a late second to early third would be something I would probably be willing to give up. Yeah, I think a third for sure. I just question whether or not he's worth paying for us. You'd have to, pay, like you said, if it's a second round pick and you're not really enthused with who you're going to be taking in the draft, maybe just take a shot on 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 Mac. I think he's a good dart throw. He's going to fall into a lot of opportuni- opportunistic spots. I don't know if they're going to be near the end zone, but yeah, right, you know, right. he's going to be able to get a lot of ground uh, yards on the ground, catch some passes here and there. They don't really have anyone else on the depth. Rex Burkhead. I don't no, know. Max much better than Re- Rex Burkhead. And, and, and even yeah. if they do bring in someone on the, in the draft, they may not got they may not get any touches. At least save them through the start of the year. Yeah, what's the and point? They, they may not even be any good. Yeah. So we right. oh, got True. a few running backs that we that were high on this year right, in the draft, right, right. and Houston's probably. I, I can't really see Houston taking one of those guys. I really can't see them spending that draft capital. So I agree. Obviously, not every second is worth the same amount. And when we're talking about taking a chance on a guy that could be, and when I say league winner, I don't mean like putting up running back one numbers, but the the value that you could get on the acquisition cost of Marlon Mack because of the situation, Houston, and it being a late second, third round pick, is huge for one season because I don't know that he's got lasting value in Houston. And Bryce said, I think he's more of a flex play. Charles, what are you thinking on Marlon Mack? Yeah, in terms of if you want to trade for him, I think Anthony's right. I'm not really going to give up more than a third round pick. I, at least in my mind, I always have like a long-term outlook. I'm a bit of an ageist, so... If I have a, like a late second round pick, I'd rather take a dart throw on a guy who might have some higher upside in the longer term. Like, for example, I did a sleeper mock draft the other day. I had the 207 and I got James Cook. That's like a James Cook is a guy I would much rather have than taking maybe taking a shot and making a trade for someone like Marlon Mack because I, I would much have, have a higher belief in the upside of James Cook down the road than I would just for one year of Marlon Mack. Yep, I can't argue with any of that. Yeah, like fair. we said, any of these guys that switch teams aren't guys that we're yeah, running out this. and like <laughs> actively trying to get because of the situations that they're yeah. in. But Damian Williams moved from the Bears. Bryce, what are you thinking on Damian Williams? I don't know. I think Cordero Patterson's the best running back on that team <laughs> and the best wide, rec- wide receiver. But the opportunity, again, is there for Damian Williams. Like, Cordero Patterson can't play both positions the entire game, right? Someone's got to line up in the backfield when Cordero's at, at wide receiver. And whoever the quarterback is, I'm assuming it's going to be Marcus Mariota when the season starts. It's going to be Marcus Mariota when the season starts. Um, so I can't remember if he was great at checking down or not. I'd have to almost look that up. But Damian Williams is great out of the backfield. He's always been efficient. So he might, again, yeah, he might, again, be a guy that I'd be willing to, this more of a third round, but I'd be willing to throw a third round draft pick away and and get this guy that might have some decent PPR upside to be a solid flex play every week. Running backs are thin in fantasy. They're they're getting, 
they're so prone to getting hurt, all of them, that having more depth at that position is always great. And definitely a guy that I wouldn't be mad of, of paying like that value around a, a early third round pick for again. Chuck, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Damian Williams landing at, at the, with the Falcons? Yeah, I think this might just be just an opportunity because the Falcons literally just have nobody else at all. Cordero right. Pass is probably going to have to line up his former position of wide receiver a lot more than we have anticipated you know, because of the Calvin Ridley suspension and Kyle Pitts is going to get triple teamed at this rate. Like he's going to have to, Marcus Mariota is going to throw the ball to somebody or hand the ball off to somebody. So Damian Williams will probably see a, a, on paper right now a decent share of the opportunities. And if that means giving up a third round pick in my rookie draft to get my hands on him, he's a guy that I could plug in as a flex guy, one who could fill in you know, when one of my other top players is on by, and I think I would feel you know decently comfortable with that as long as the Falcons don't make any other major changes to their offensive backfield. Anthony. Yeah, I was down on Marlon Mack, but compared to Damian Williams, <clears throat> I'd be all over Marlon Mack. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not really feeling this one. I think that team's going to be awful. Yeah. The difference with Marlon Mack is he doesn't really have much to share with at this point. And in Atlanta, I, I, I like Bryce said, it's it's going to be a lot of Cordell Patterson back there. Yeah, I just I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna shy away from the Damian Williams hype train for right now. No. I don't think there's a hype train, but yeah, it's a real small train. <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> we talked about this wide receiver depth chart on an on the QB episode. It's Frank Darby. It's I don't even know their names anymore because they're literally Ozakius is it, whatever that his I, name is. He, he was a restricted free agent at the time. I don't know if he's signed since then because it's not an yeah. it's not it's not a big wave <laughs> signing there. Somebody's gonna have to catch these balls. And outside of Patterson and Pitts, who is it? It could be Damian Williams. Yeah. These guys, you could see Patter. Okay, let's say that Pitts gets eighty catches. Let's say that Patterson gets seventy. And is it crazy that? Williams could get 70. That's only 220 receptions right there <laughs> with this wide receiver core. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but there's, there is a path to fantasy relevance. Is it crazy to think that Damian Williams couldn't do in 2022 what JD McKissick did in 2020? Oh, for sure. Yeah. When we're just talking about pure receptions. It's not like McKissick's getting a bunch of carries. But right. Damian Williams is the same back, right? He's not gonna he's not gonna carry the ball 20 times a game. But this it, again, I agree. I would pay about the same as I would for Marlon Mack because Marlon Mack doesn't catch passes, and each of those receptions is worth like two and a half carries. So who knows what either of these guys are gonna do? Again, it's a dart throw, and it's you're basically just hoping that. Mike Davis sucks like he did last year and Damian Williams gets all that work that Mike Davis got. And I think Damian Williams is a little more dynamic than Mike Davis is. So it's not pretty, but it is definitely there's there's standalone value there at the end of your bench where you can plug a guy in for a week. And if there is a bigger injury in front of him, he's in line for a ton of work. And that's what you're looking for with backup running backs is somebody that's one injury away from getting a bunch of work. So Foreman, Bryce, I, I was going to switch it around and go different guy first, but Foreman was your guy last year. I think we even made bets during the season on the Sunday yeah. show. And and now he's moved on from the Titans. So what are you, are you excited for Deonta Foreman still, or is that tempered uh, a little bit? 
yeah, I wasn't really excited for him. I just knew Tennessee <laughs> revolved their <laughs> offense around the run game. Mike Brable came from New England, and New England's always been a run-first offense. Even though Brady's been there, they always established it. So the only reason I put him down as a guy that I'd like to stash in uh, Dynasty Leagues is because he moved from – people probably don't even know – but he moved to the Carolina Panthers. And Christian McCaffrey now two years in a row has gotten, you've harped on that 400 plus touches, does its uh, wear and tear on a running back. Could Christian McCaffrey get hurt again? Absolutely. And Chuba Hubbard looked terrible last year. Like he was not very good at all. I would much rather put in what Deont- Deontay Foreman looked like when he went and stepped in for Derrick Henry over what Chuba Hubbard looked like for Christian McCaffrey. I think the opportunity is there and he's just one of the more valuable handcuffs handcuffs in the league. So that's the only reason I put him there. It's not a guy I'm looking forward to start, but then when Christian McCaffrey gets hurt and they have to replace him with someone, I think he easily steps in as the backup guy unless they bring someone in through the... Now I wish we just would have skipped him because you just gave all the info that you've got on Foreman for your right. your stash players. Pick another stash player since you already told Oh, oh, oh. I thought okay, yeah, yeah. I got plenty. I got plenty <laughs> of stash players. Okay, okay. Anthony, what are your thoughts on Foreman? Oh, man. Okay. I don't think Christian McCaffrey is going to get hurt. I'm going to be more optimistic. I hope not, yeah. I think if that did happen, then it would be a committee the way in the way it is now. I don't expect the Panthers to be very good this season either. So it's just a situation I, I, I don't really want any part of. Even if there is an injury to Christian McCaffrey, I don't know if I even feel confident starting either of them anyway. So not someone I'm really interested in at all, to be honest. Yeah, I think the word meh describes this pretty perfectly because <laughs> Unless I'm a Christian, McCa- unless I'm a Christian McCaffrey owner, there's why am I going out of my way to get that for him? And, you know, he, he's the backup. I don't think he's going to see that many opportunities. You know, again, like like Anthony said, unless there's like some type of injury, there's just, there's no reason to have him. And even then, it's going to be more of a committee type approach where he and Hubbard are probably going to split. So you don't know which back would be the guy in that particular Sunday. So it's just not a situation I'm too excited about and just want to stay away from. See, I have an answer for your question that you asked in there is why would you want this guy if you don't have McCaffrey? And I'm a guy, I'm against handcuffs. I want to get guys that if their guy ahead of them gets injured, I get two players. I get an extra player for that. So I don't like handcuffing for that reason. I think Foreman is clearly better than Chuba Hubbard. And I think that Foreman would get the majority of the carries, but is he going to get a lot of PPR upside? I don't think so. So I think for a fourth rounder, I would take a shot because I'm not confident that CMC is going to stay healthy. I've talked in length about the curse of the 400 touches and the way those guys' careers go, unless you're Ladanian Tomlinson, who literally had injury problems the year after, but would bounce back. Most of those guys after 400 carries did not last very long and had injuries all the years afterwards. So it's, it's hard to see him, hard for me to be confident that he stays healthy. So these running backs are probably going to get some opportunities and Carolina is probably going to have to give other people opportunities to try to keep Christian McCaffrey healthy rather than just giving Christian McCaffrey every touch available. So I would take a shot for probably a fourth rounder because he doesn't, I don't think he gives you a bunch of PPR upside, but we also didn't think Mike Davis was going to, when he was in that offense two years ago. So, you know, who knows what you're going to get there. Ronald Jones. Everybody knows how I feel about him. If you've been in, in a Roto Heat a stream or 
uh, chat or anything. And Ronald Jones comes up that he is the guy that I always say, Ronald Jones is never the answer. He goes <laughs> to Kansas city where we have CH, we have Daryl Williams, who was very dynamic last year. People don't even give him the credit that he deserves, but he was 21st in the league in yards after the catch. You guys know how I feel. I'm, I'm just never, Ronald Jones is never the answer, but Charles, are you excited for Ronald Jones at all in Kansas city? I don't know if excited is the right word. Um, running joke in one of my fantasy leagues, if, if you don't make a trade involving Ronald Jones, then your season's over. Because Ronald Jones got passed around like a stack of potatoes last year. I think every team had him on the roster at some point. And it ends up on my team. But I don't know. I It's tough to say, man. I just, I don't know about the Chiefs. They, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is still there. And I don't necessarily think the Chiefs are ready to give up on a first-round pick. That just yet, excuse me. And I think Daryl Williams is still there. I maybe I'm wrong, but Daryl Williams is Daryl Williams is still there. But McKinnon was a free agent, and I don't know if he's signed with anybody yet. So okay, um, right. So again, Clyde's still there. Daryl Williams is still there. And I think those are two running backs already a little more familiar with the system. Guys, I think, I, I, in my shoes at least, I would rather have than Ronald Jones. And if Ronald Jones couldn't succeed with Tom Brady operating in the center in the box offense, I don't really have too much hope for him in Kansas City. Anthony. Yeah, I want nothing to do with Rojo. I never wanted anything to do with Rojo. I'll never forget my home league. He was drafted fifth overall in our rookie draft, and I laughed. I laughed then. I'm laughing now. I'm going to keep laughing. And so I, I don't have anything against Rojo personally. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but he's not on any of my fantasy teams. And this move is certainly not going to help those matters any further. I was wrong. Sully came in and said Williams and McKinnon are both free agents. Ronald Jones may be second in line right now, but I've heard everything from Ronald Jones could lead the backfield and carries to they don't even know if he's going to make the roster. And his contract would say that it's not a guaranteed roster spot. It's all over the board. So but Bryce. They have, Derek, they have Derek Gore, too. Don't forget about Derek Gore. Derek Gore, yeah. actually. Oh, yeah, that's right. Opportunity yeah. Yeah. He, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they bring back McKinnon. That would be probably their best move. Uh, Ronald Jones sucks. Come on. He's horrible. <laughs> so bad. He shouldn't have got even remote amount of touches that he did when Fournette came there. Like, Fournette should have immediately came in week two and started. Because he came, like, within a week of the starting the first game. He should have been the starter the rest of the season after week two. But they, Bruce Arians loved Ronald Jones for who knows why? Yeah, Ronald Jones is irrelevant at this point, and he probably will be. I, even if he is their number two right now, he won't be by the time the season starts. He'll be number three, four, or as Rick said, cut. So yeah, sell him now if you have him. Sell him. Ronald Jones for a third. I if uh, Ronald, put him. If Ronald Jones is watching this show, I'm sorry. It's, it's not personal. <laughs> it's, not, it's not. It's not I personal. Am, I, it, I am this not sorry. It's personal. This is tame. You, <laughs> it's I've personal been, for Bray. If you, anybody that's been on shows with me talking about Ronald Jones knows that I've not been nice and I've not been nice since the guy was drafted. And every offseason, we get some sort of bump to the Ronald Jones hype, the, the reemergence of Ronald Jones. And it's just, it's ridiculous. People buy into it every offseason. So if they're buying into it, let them buy into it and you sell out of it. That's all I can say. Okay, so 
that, those are all the guys that really move teams, all the notable ones, at least. There's obviously some other guys that are that have moved teams but aren't playing a big role in the offenses. And we're going to get into what we're calling the running backs that we are excited for that are not named Jonathan Taylor. These are guys that you're going to be taking the first couple rounds of your drafts. And you're going to have to spend some good draft capital on them. And we're going to start with Anthony. Who is the first guy that you love not named Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, the first guy who came to mind was Najee Harris, and I thought, nah, that's too easy. I'm going to go a little bit deeper. So I went a little bit deeper, and I decided to go with Michael Carter, New York Jets. I think the Jets are coming into their own. I think they're they're going to get a little bit I think we're going to see them take some steps and improve. And Michael Carter had a great rookie season. He still leads the top of the depth chart for the running back committee there, and I, I think we're going to continue to see him grow into a better player, and I think... Out of all these guys we're talking about, he's the easiest to acquire price-wise, and I think he has a lot of upside, and so that's why I went with Michael Carter. Charles, do you have anything to add to Michael Carter, or do you feel differently than Leone does? I like Michael Carter. He was probably, we'll get into my guy in a little bit, but Michael Carter was probably on my top three if I had to make a list of guys that I'm excited about and want to get, because I'm a big Zach Wilson believer. I think the Jets offense is going to take a really big step this year, and I think that having a, a solid running back like Michael Carter is only going to help in that matter. I think the Jets have gotten, I like their offensive line a little better this year as well. I think they're going to invest even more on that in the draft, which is only going to spell good things. So I think Michael Carter is in the position to succeed. He's at the top of the depth chart. He's a guy like I I will be willing to spend the capital on him, and he's not going to cost as much as some of these other guys we're going to talk about. So, yeah, I'm on board. I like it. Thank Bryce, you, Bryce. You got that smirk on. I'm hoping this is <laughs> some know, opposition. I'm, I'm, nervous <laughs> about Michael. I, I'm nervous about Michael Carter. I do like him personally. I think he's good. I don't know if the Jets really think he's quite the answer. I've been seeing a lot of, like, things saying they might get running back in this in this draft. They might get one of these top guys is what I've been reading about. I am a Zach Wilson believer. I do think that offense is going to continue to get better. They really can't get worse, honestly. <laughs> that, that's, so, that's true. Zach Wilson, you know, played at BYU. He didn't get to see great competition. I think he has, the, he definitely has the arm talent, and I think he's got the football IQ to be able to get better. He, he and Trevor Lawrence are going to take big steps this next year. I just don't know if Michael Carter is the guy that they're going to stick around with. I really think that they're going to take on a running back uh, by committee approach moving forward. They're, they're, um, Head coach came from San Francisco, as Leone, and San Francisco liked to have multiple running backs involved in the game. I mean, Tevin Coleman's there. He's not really a factor, but like I said, I think they might bring guys in, whether it's the draft, future free agencies, where I don't know about Michael Carter's long-term long-term value. He's a guy I'm nervous about, and I might be a lot less nervous after this draft. If they don't do anything after the draft, I agree with you guys, but I'm steering clear until post-draft of Michael Carter. What are your thoughts? I like Michael Carter a lot. I think he's very talented, but I don't think that offense is going to take a huge step, at least scoring-wise. Yeah. Like, I think we're going to see better. Zach Wilson literally led the league in bad throws last year. Uh, yeah percentage yeah. wise you know it's but that's rookie that's rookie he's mm -hmm. gonna get better i i do believe in him as well i just don't know that there's a lot of scoring opportunity but what there is a lot of ppr upside here if he is that guy he showed that he's dynamic and that he can catch the ball in the backfield i don't think that his price is is crazy so i like him where he's at and i would be i'd be willing to draft him where he's at uh right now as well i just there are a lot of question marks yeah. and I think there are a lot of question marks anytime you talk about the New York Jets until they prove us otherwise. <laughs>
And to be fair for the Jets, they probably have the toughest division def- like to go up against defensively. Like they're going against three good defense or three good defenses twice a year. So six games a year, they're going against defenses that are tough to score on realistically right now. Yep, that is very true as well. So Rice, <laughs> you are next up. Who is your exciting player? So yeah, like Leone said, I think there were like a couple of guys that were super easy to talk about like Javante, not Javante, but uh, like Dalvin Cook, your Najee Harris, things like that. So I went with a guy that I don't know what his price is right now, so I'm not seeing him in a lot of trades, but this offense definitely uh, likes to establish him in the game and they keep him involved the entire game. It's a high-powered offense and they've improved this offensive line huge this offseason and that's uh, Joe Mixon with the Bengals. I just like the dude and I've liked him even since he got drafted when he was extremely inefficient yards per carry and you could tell it wasn't on him like it's like one of those things where if you look at the box score it looks like he's the problem but if you watch the games you knew that joe mixon was like just working real hard for two or three yards every carry until this past year where they got some weapons a quarterback now and things like that i would definitely be willing to pay the price uh, if i was contending this upcoming year so just a guy i've been i'm excited about this upcoming year and i'm trying to grab him when i can and i'd be willing to almost Draft him a little higher than some of these guys that have been drafted before him in previous years. Chuck, what are your thoughts on Joe Mixon this year? Yeah, as a Joe Mixon owner, uh, last year, I got to tell you, I was pretty uh, upset with the amount of time I saw Samaji P. Ryan getting on the field. That was a little frustrating for me, especially on third down situations, because we've seen Joe Mixon. He's got pass catching shots. We know he can do that. But coming into this year, we, we knew the Bengals' number one priority was going to be building that offensive line to protect Joe Burrow. But you got to realize the benefit of that is that should open up, in theory, open up more running lanes for Joe Mixon. And we've already seen this offseason, the Bengals invest heavy resources into that offensive line. And on paper, it's already looking a hell of a lot better. And they might not even be done addressing that. I like him. I think he's worth getting if you're going to be a contending team. Even in Dynasty as well, I think he's got a few good years left at least. If you think you're going to be in that period where you're going to contend. He's a guy that, again, I said before, he's on my rosters. I like him for this year. He's going to be a solid RB1. I got no complaints. Anthony. Yeah, I think Mixon is young enough where even if you're not exactly contending, I think he'd still be a good ad. I think mm-hmm. it's a good shout. He's only 25 years old. He's proven himself to be one of the best running backs in the league. He's on one of the best offenses in the league, which is scary to say, knowing that he's on the Bengals. They're taking a lot of great strides. It's a great offense. And I, yeah, I think it's a great shout. I think he's a great value right now. I, I know you, Bryce, you said you weren't sure exactly what his price was. I don't know exactly what it is either, but I'm sure it's got to be a little bit higher than Michael Carter, but it's got to be lower than than everyone else we're talking about today, at least on this segment. So I think it's a good shout. I I, I, I fully endorse uh, Joe Mixon. I have to allude to something Charles said about P. Ryan because I completely agree. And last week I was on the Front Yard Fantasy Game Show and we were talking about receiving yards for running back. And I literally thought that this dude averaged 400 to 450 yards receiving every year. And he's got like 1200 in his career and they've just never used them that way, even though that he's good that way. And that is very frustrating because he has taken a beating. He is younger, but he has taken a beating as Bryce alluded to every year because their offensive line has been trashed since he got there. And obviously once Burrow got there, it opened things up, right? Because I I talked about this with Montgomery in Chicago two years ago, when you don't have to worry about the quarterback and you don't have a good offensive line 
and you can stack that box versus a running back. I don't care who it is. We've seen it with, with Derrick Henry last year was very inefficient. Just got a bunch of carries. Saquon Barkley in New York with a bad offensive line and people not worried about the quarterback. It doesn't Don't matter how good you are as a running back. You're going to be very inefficient if you've got a bad offensive line and the quarter, and they're not worried about the quarterback. That worries me of the beating that he's taken, even though he's a little bit younger than especially those running backs that came out at the same time as him. Because he's played five seasons already. He's been in the league, came in with Kamara and, and, and those guys in that draft class at CMC. If those injuries catch up, from the beating that he's taken without the PPR upside, it makes him a dangerous dynasty asset, right? Because if he drops off real fast, he doesn't have think Melvin Gordon, right? At least Melvin Gordon, as he got older, had that PPR upside to kind of lean on if he lost carries. Whereas if Mixon starts getting less efficient and loses the carries, he doesn't have that PPR upside to to go now for this year there's no reason to think that he can't go out there and help you win a ship but when we're talking long term it's, it's a thought that you gotta have and i love mixing i've been a mixing truther since he came in i think he had as much talent as any back that came in that draft class which was stacked but that situation has just been horrible for his career with that offensive line being bad and then dealing with andy dalton and the smorgasbord quarterbacks right. that they've had <laughs> first year when he got hurt kyle allen and and, and the, they just haven't been worried about quarterback really until last year and, and that obviously helped mixing a lot but we got to speed up a little bit here so i should stop talking charles who's your guy oh this is a guy i'm absolutely salivating over for the 2022 season this is a guy who is only 21 years old He's seen a massive upgrade at the quarterback position this offseason. And his fellow running back timeshare is not on a team anymore. He's still a free agent. And you can guess by now, I'm talking about Javante Williams with the Denver Broncos. And he came to the league and he made a great impact right away. Almost had 1,000 yards. Could do a little bit of everything. He was the best pass catcher out of that backfield. He had more targets and more receptions than Melvin Gordon did. And now that Melvin Gordon's gone, at least as of now, I'm praying that he doesn't resign. The back, the backfield should be his. And Melvin Gordon was taking away a lot of those goal line opportunities that I think this year will go to Javante Williams. Melvin Gordon had eight touchdowns last year. Williams only had four. So I think some of those opportunities will now transfer over to him. And having a better quarterback in Russell Wilson is only going to help as well. Because that should mean on paper, maybe a little more accuracy with some running back screens, just some plays designed for the running back to catch the ball out of the backfield. And again, this is a guy who's really young. His best days are still ahead of him. As for cost, he's probably going to cost the most out of anybody we've talked about or are going to talk about, but it's a price I'm willing to pay. I can give you an example. In one of my leagues, I traded Darna Mooney and the 101, just a dynasty PPR, the 2022 101 is all I'm going to need for. I don't lose any sleep over that. That's a trade I make 10 out of 10 times. Anthony. Yeah, I don't think you're very good at dynasty fantasy football if you don't think Javante Williams is a good running back or a good asset for your fantasy team. Like Chuck said, he's young. He's really good. Yeah, he has a better quarterback now. It should be a, a, a pretty good offense and a high-scoring division. So there's a lot to, the only concern I have is Melvin Gordon is still a free agent and there are a lot of rumors that he is going to, you know, ultimately just sign back there and cause another timeshare. So that's a concern, but I wouldn't let that get in any way of me drafting him in the first round of a startup or do a similar trade to what Chuck said he did in a, in another league. I, I think he's a great asset. 
and someone to build your dynasty team around. Bryce? I'm not really nervous about Melvin Gordon. I think if they really wanted him back, he'd be there right now. I think they've made that clear that they're gonna they're gonna roll with with Javante as the number one, and Melvin's gonna spell him. There's no reason you can't think that Javante can't make that second step. Like m- maybe not as big, but JT just had right. JT was weaned in his first year and then took off year two. You can definitely expect that with Javante Williams on a maybe a smaller scale. Obviously, I think they're gonna let Russ cook, so they're not gonna lean on the run game like the Colts do. But yeah, definitely a dude top top three dynasty running back in, in my opinion. Rick, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't really have anything to add. I love Javante Williams. I think he's very dynamic. I think he has a lot of upside. Russell Wilson opens that field up for the running back for everybody there in that offense. And we should see a more efficient run game simply because of that out of the Denver running backs, whoever they are. Cause I do think we could see the, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones dynamic out of the backfield in Denver with whoever they add there as the second guy. We've got his name's missing me right now, but he came from Green Bay in that offensive scheme. What are we going to see out of that backfield? But that doesn't mean that he can't be. Obviously, last year, the last four years, Aaron Jones has been good for your fantasy team. So that doesn't mean that Javante, even splitting with somebody else, can't a running back one. We don't have very many of those guys that don't split in some sort of way. Nick right. Chubb does in Cleveland. Jonathan Taylor even loses some stuff. We talked about that uh, a couple weeks ago to a couple of those running backs. We don't want those guys getting 400 touches because then they have the CMC problem. Uh, I do like him a lot. And my guys, the Javonta Williams from last offseason at this time, right? J.K. Dobbins started out slow his rookie year, didn't get a lot of touches. Then in the second half, just exploded. One of the most efficient in the actually was the most efficient back in the league the second half of that season. And then we had the injury before last season started. This is a guy that last year, if he would have been healthy going into the season, would have been a top five running back probably going into the season. Real similar to what we were seeing out of Javante. Then we see that running back core of all kinds of old guys and Tyson Williams still be efficient in that offense. So now we get to throw J.K. Dobbins back in there going into 2022. I think this guy could end up being a top three um, to top five running back this year. And that running game is just going to be efficient with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Anthony, what do you think about J.K. Dobbins? Oh, I agree with you 100%. I don't really have anything to add. I think Dobbins is in a great spot. I think he I, – I said earlier that I think Mixon might be – one of the cheaper guys. I don't know. That's pretty close between Dobbins and Mixon. I, I bet they go pretty similar in uh, startup drafts. I would probably prefer Dobbins just because he's younger, but pretty even trade there just between those two. But yeah, I like the call. I like Dobbins. Chuck, what do you think? Yeah, um, being an ageist, I would obviously rather have a younger guy myself. I'm not. I've been a J.K. Dobbins lover. Unfortunately, I've never been able to get in any of my leagues, but uh, he's a guy that I absolutely love. He's in a great situation because the Ravens always seem to have a successful rushing offense work, like you alluded to, guys like Tyson Williams and aging Devontae Freeman seem to find success, despite what we would think otherwise. So a healthy J.K. Dobbins has potential to easily eclipse a thousand yards on the ground and be an absolute dynamic force. Yeah, the people that stepped in this year for him, they were good and all, but nobody stuck that nobody stuck out and did anything spectacular. He easily comes back from his injury and takes his starting role again. And one of the scary offense that really runs through the run that goes through the run game. So JK Dobbins is a top six dynasty asset in my opinion. So you would take Dobbins over Mixon? No. You would have Mixon over Dobbins? 
barely. I have like Mixon, okay. Dobbins, Acres in that order. Yeah, like I, that I know they're close. I just wanted to. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Acres is another guy that I would like to add in that. He's he's another yeah. guy out there that I like a lot. But I will say that the only downside with Dobbins in that offense, he's they're going to be probably the most efficient running back backfield with these guys. Edwards coming back with talent. But they don't catch passes. They just don't throw to the running back a lot. So that is a downside. Right. But they're so efficient that it helps make up for that gap that not getting 60 receptions out of your running back. Okay, Bryce, we got to get into these stashes. We're going to have to be quicker on these. Go ahead with your first. As I alluded to, it was Deontay. It was Deontay <laughs> Foreman earlier in the year. But I had another guy, and we touched on it earlier, and it's Rex Burkhead. Again, Houston doesn't have anyone in the backfield. Rex Burkhead was decent last year. Marlon Mack doesn't really catch passes, so... I'm imagining Houston's going to be in a lot of passing down situations. So unless they bring someone in that is going to be more of a receiving back, Rex Burkhead might be a guy that I feel good about holding on to and plugging in for bye weeks or my last flex option if I have to. So, Charles, we're going to save bitter beer face for later. <laughs> it's, it's a deep uh, stash, okay? It's a deep stash. <laughs> Yeah, that's not a guy I'm too crazy about. I know Rex Burkhead did produce some limited opportunities last year, but I think we talked about Marlon Mack earlier, obviously, so I think he's going to step in. And on paper, again, we have no idea what the Texans are going to do, but step in and I guess receive more of the carries. It's just a gross situation all around. What do you think, Anthony? The roster would have to be pretty deep. It would have to be pretty deep. I don't know. There's always a roster that could fit him so that they know. If you're If you have a deep bench oh, and i'm okay with it. people like 25 maybe deeper uh, than that yeah he's no but i mean from getting all the work again like yeah. he's rosterable in in every yeah no, i know i know and, and and kidding aside yeah a lot of these running backs are all the same look it, look any running back in the nfl is talented all right they're in the, they're the best of the best that's why they're in the league so if any of these guys can have an opportunity to produce if the right situation paves in front of them with injury or trades yeah. or whatever. Have no? you met Ronald Jones? Yeah, well, yeah. On, dude. <laughs> 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 Almost. Almost. Anyway. All right. Uh, we've, talked about, we've talked about Rex Burkhead a lot. I, I just think he, he's a bottom of the roster filler guy that has an opportunity yeah. to get more touches. Nobody was excited about him this time last year either. And then he was a guy that you could plug into a flex spot late in the season for Houston. So it's kind of that same spot that he's in again. It's kind of the same spot he's been in his entire career. When he's gotten opportunities, he's been able to produce fantasy-wise because he can catch the ball. He can run. But he's not somebody that you're excited to go out and get. But if he does fill a spot for you for a week or two, then cool. He's not going it, to it, – it's not expensive for you to add him to your the bottom of your roster one way or the other. Charles, you're up next. Uh, yeah, I got Gainwell over on – I'm just not a big Miles Sanders guy. He's entering his age 27 season. And I just think he's at that point where running backs tend to tail off a little bit. And I just don't think he's shown too much in his time in the league. So that's just not, he's not really an exciting guy for me, I guess you could say. And Kenneth Gainwell's got passing chops, so we know he can do that. He's productive, and I think he has an opportunity to get some carries. He's a young guy. This might cut out. Yeah. yeah. Hang on. There it goes. There it goes. I can hear you now. Oh, back. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I was using my, my Bluetooth headphones, and I guess something <laughs> happened. Someone else tried to connect to Bluetooth. But I was, I was talking about games. He can line up as a receiver out of the backfield. I think he can do a little bit of everything, and I think that's more valuable for Philly than someone like Miles Sanders. Bryce, what are you thinking there about Mr. Kenneth Gainwell? 
I think Kenneth Gainwell had the opportunities to step in last year, and they replaced him with Boston Scott and Jordan Howard. I think I'd rather have Rex Burkhead, honestly. <laughs> I, I just think that if they really liked him, unless he's taken steps in the offseason, I don't know if he'll be on us on a 52-man roster maybe after this year. So I just if they brought back Jordan Howard and he got way more touches than Kenneth Gainwell, there's definitely an issue there that maybe we don't know quite much about. So, Leone? Yeah, my only thoughts really is that Kenny Gainwell is just going to be too expensive for... I more agree with what Bryce is saying. To get Kenny Gainwell, you're going to have to pay a heck of a lot more than you would for Rex Burkhead. And yet, by the end of the year, Rex Burkhead could have more fantasy points than Kenny Gainwell. So, I, you know, I don't think that Kenny Gainwell is really worth the investment given how much risk is there in that situation in Philadelphia. Yeah, I also, I like Miles Sanders a lot. I think Miles Sanders has been too. pretty efficient throughout his career, but the, the usage with Doug Peterson never gave his, I think he had zero running backs his entire time in Philly that got 200 carries. But every one of those running backs was efficient, whether it was Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, the guy that played for the Cowboys for a year. The Marco Murray? What? No, who am I thinking of? There was two guys there that one year that they went to the Super Bowl that caught a lot of passes too. And then uh, there was another one, oh, yeah. that Clement, Corey <laughs> Clement, and there was another one that was there at the same time. They were like oh, the same that. player. But all those Is guys- Is that Smallwood? Smallwood, oh, yeah, Wendell Smallwood. Smallwood, right? Those guys were even efficient <laughs> runners in that offense, but none of them oh. got enough carries. We saw Philly go from literally the team that ran the least in the first half of the season. And then it was they were playing the Buccaneers- and Miles Sanders dominated that second half, and then they switched their entire game plan for the rest of the season and ran more than anybody else the rest of the year. So I do like him. I wasn't big on Gainwell coming out. It was weird to see, like, he would have weeks where you're like, dude, this guy's going to produce big time, and then they wouldn't use him for three weeks. And it was real weird, and I don't know why. And that for that reason, I don't really want to pay the price Right. Game. Yeah. If they utilize him like they did at times last year, then he could be a great fantasy player. But I don't know what I don't know what they're doing. And that scares me more than anything with that whole backfield, because they could go into this year, not want to run the ball at all and and completely change it up because it seems like they don't know what they're doing until the game starts. <laughs> I don't know. That's that fine. They've got I'll, stay, I'll stand alone. We'll see what happens at the end of this year. <laughs> Oh, you're standing, you're all by yourself on a Kenneth Gainwell. I'm surprised you don't like Ronald Jones. My bias is showing. I don't know. I'm just not crazy about any of the Eagles, really, even game. I just don't see him as a bit of a dynasty high upside guy, you know, and that's what I like to target the young guy. So I figure the Microsoft I don't. Will... I do not argue that he has high upside, but he has a very low floor as well. And Zero. I feel like there's other guys in that range that have a higher floor with similar upside and he's still relatively expensive people who have typically drafted him in the late first early second last year in their draft so to acquire him with all that added risk that's that's the part that i hesitate price is my biggest problem not necessarily the player because we've seen him play very well the usage is the scary thing and he's a definite hold if you have him hold on to him but yeah i agree with you guys on that okay Am I up next? Is that me? That is me. My guy's Khalil Herbert, which as a Bears fan, I was lukewarm on Khalil Herbert when they drafted him. But then when David Montgomery went down, the dude came in and just wrecked it. He was awesome. And 
He was more efficient in his small sample size than Montgomery was. And I think that there's a chance here that we see more of a split from Montgomery and Herbert in 2022. He's on the stash, and I think there's some other people out there that have been high on him, but I think this is a guy that could eat into Montgomery's workload, not because Montgomery's even bad, but because they're both pretty darn good. And Kenneth Gain was top 10 in the league when it coming to percentage of runs that went for negative yards at 3.8. Why don't I just look at it instead of guessing? He was at 5.83% which was ninth in the league in negative yard runs. And then in 20 yard runs. So we're showing both sides of the spectrum. He was the only one that was, I'm hitting the wrong button here. He was only one of two guys, the only guy that was in both. And he was seventh with 3.88% of his runs going for 20 yards. That's in the the range of Dalvin Cook was 3.61. Jonathan Taylor was 4.22. Rashad Penny just dominated last year, so that's neither here nor there. But obviously this is a smaller amount of runs, but the guy was just, he was electric. He was, he dominated when he ran the ball for Chicago when David Montgomery was out. The price is, is not crazy on Herbert. And he's a guy that could have standalone value as a flex play if he earns more of that work. With Montgomery, and if Montgomery went down, we've seen him be an RB with Montgomery out last year. Anthony, what do you think about Khalil Herbert? I love the pick. Price is right. He's a guy you can get real cheap that has a lot of upside. He's going to, you could even probably use him in a pinch and a flex this year. So I think it's a great pick. I think he's the exactly type of player that I look to, to acquire based on price and projected risk and upside. So I think that's a great pick, Rick. Bryce? Bryce. Yeah, I like Khalil Herbert. He was my waiver wire darling last year in one of my leagues. And I didn't even own David Montgomery, so it was cool to pick him up and plug him in. It's a similar situation to, like, it sounds bad because I'm a homer, but I feel like it's New England where maybe these guys, this Montgomery and Herbert, one isn't significantly better than the other, kind of like how I think Stevenson and Harris will be, to where it could eat into their fantasy value, respectively. As a fan and somebody, maybe if one goes down, like the other one's value immediately skyrockets. So I would like to see Khalil Herbert get more action because I think he earned it. And if you can get him for the price he's at right now before it does go up, I think it's a great pick as well, Rick. Chuck, what are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Khalil Herbert was definitely a savior for me last year, picking him up, and he was an excellent producer for that stretch of game where he got an opportunity. He's not going to cost that much. He's a guy you can snag pretty cheap, and just even as just a handcuff or someone you can fill on a week-to-week basis, depending on how the Bears decide to use him and David Montgomery together. So I just, all in all, I think it's pretty solid. Relatively high floor as well. So I'm not, I don't hate it. Chuck, Chuck, would you rather have uh, Herbert or... Kenny Gainwell. You had the worst stash. Let's just admit it. I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna get a lot of flack for that pick, aren't I? But no, I would probably rather have Herbert. There's a lot of people that love Kenny Gainwell a lot. So yeah, yeah you're not. You're you not might be alone. Flack. You might be alone on this island, but you're not alone. In, uh, yeah, and yeah, and just wait. My guy's next. So just wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> I despise the Eagles. I'm a Giants fan. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, see any Eagles player Giants. have any level of success. Look how angry Chuck is. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you pick Kenny Gainwell then? Um, um, Herbert gives, he's going to be the Bears probably lead running back at some point, right? David Montgomery is going to leave. They're probably not. I wouldn't re-sign Montgomery yeah. to a big running back contract with Herbert there waiting in the wings. That's one of the saving graces of getting Herbert now too, 
is that while he may not be the lead guy this year, maybe he is in 2023 or 2024 and you get some value now and then you get a lot of value then. Is Montgomery going, going into his third or fourth year? This will be four. This will be four? That's, that's I think so. so. Okay, so that's yeah, Jacobs. That's... He, him and Jacobs and Sanders all same year. Okay, so this should be year four. So that's yeah. usually when their contract's up. So could um, be next year. Anthony, talk all about right. your weak ass pick because this so, is the worst one. <laughs> oh, so I, I, I didn't see it yet. <laughs> so I went for cheap upside. Okay, so we talked earlier about Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert in Miami. And Gaskin's just hanging around. He was the lead back. Now he's probably second, maybe third on the pecking order. I don't expect a real good season this year, but he's a 25-year-old running back. He's a free agent next year. So if you want to just take a little chance, you don't have to pay that much. If you want to just take a little chance, he could end up in a good spot next year, just like we saw with James Conner in Arizona. I mean, there's a number of places he could land in the right spot. I think he's talented enough where he could get a little bit of run this year if things go the right way. But I like targeting guys. This is typically for wide receivers. But I like targeting guys that are in bad situations for the current year because their price is going to be lower and much suppressed that can have an opportunity to have a really favorable spot next year. And even if you don't love the spot as much as a lot of other people do, it's still an opportunity to sell them. So I just think it's a good investment at this point, knowing that he's in a really bad spot this year, but it very easily could improve by this time next year. I'll just say I was obvious. I was kidding. I don't think it's a bad pick because Jeff Wilson has had fantasy value in the San Francisco backfields. And we've already talked about Mostert not being able to stay healthy. I definitely think that we could see Gaskin getting a lot of run during this year. He's been good whenever he's got run, really. Their running game wasn't very good last year, but that was the entire running game. He was actually very efficient the year before, so it was weird to see. So I do agree. He could end up in a spot, a different spot, or he could just prove that he's as good or better than either of the other running backs that are with him. We already talked about all three of those guys being pretty close to each other and not really separating from each other. So I do think that Gaskin could end up being a guy that that gives you a lot of production this year because of either injury or just the other guys aren't very aren't a lot better than him. Bryce, I, if anything, with Anthony, I like Anthony's pick. The only thing I'd argue is I think honestly his best spot might be right where he's at, right? Because there's so much the, the opportunity for him to get more touches is with the team he's on right now, and for him to get like value he would have to do this year be a free agent and then optimally optimally be picked as the sign somewhere where he's the starting running back next year so i think right now you're correct his value is probably at his lowest but i think you could see a return on that value more likely this year than next you'd have to really ball out this year for you to really get that extra value the the next year but the opportunity is is extremely there like like you talked about most is 29 he is injury prone i do think he's by far the most explosive guy on that team but gaskins is talented so it wouldn't surprise me to see um him get more rushing attempts than most this year chuck what are your thoughts 
Yeah, especially with Mike McDaniel coming over from San Francisco, familiarity with that Shanahan system where you could see multiple running backs succeed. For right now, obviously, get right now, and we're talking redraft, I would have Gavin at the bottom, I told him, because I think in the, in the here and now, we might see a, at least a little more production from Raheem Moser and Chase Edmonds. But uh, Gaskin is the youngest of these backs, and I, I would argue that he has the most potential of all of them. So I think in a couple of years, when he's, if he shows enough in this type of system where you could see him succeed with the other running backs, they would feel maybe a little more comfortable with letting him stay on and be that guy while the other guys move on. So I don't hate it. I think he's... If Gaskin got cut, it might not be the worst thing either because he may end up in a spot where there's only one other guy. In yeah, like, like, in, like with Mac or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I yeah mean, that'd be better. Yeah, yeah. If he was in Houston, he would get yeah. a lot of work because he might even be a better runner than Mac. But okay, so I had a bonus one here real quick. Darius Geis is working out with the free agents at the camps and stuff and trying to get back on a team. Obviously, last October, his suspension was lifted. And despite what you think about Darius Geis and everything that happened, we've already talked about Joe Mixon. He's punched a woman before on camera, knocked her clean out. It's not, there's a morality issue. And if you don't like For the sure. roster guys like that, then 100% don't do it. This guy was obviously highly touted, had some injury issues when he came in, but when he did run the ball, he was very efficient. There's a good video that talks about him a little bit over on BDGE, their channel. They broke it down real nice. I'm not going to get that deep because we're already late. But this is a guy that you should probably try to get if if you're not opposed to the morality issues on the back end of your roster in the offseason and see if anything does happen. Because if he does get an opportunity, he was he was really good when he ran the ball in the pros, really good when he ran the ball at LSU and could be a guy that gets you some points throughout the season if he gets it if he gets back onto a roster but the price isn't gonna if you pay the price and then he gets doesn't get on a team it's not like it's gonna hurt you it's basically a free try at, at a high upside running back Anthony what are you thinking there because you've got this content no I I like it I was laughing because I was thinking man I'd rather own Darius Geis than Rex Burkhead so <laughs> uh, come on really <laughs> yeah I would I think there's enough upside there where it makes sense man I'm, I'm trying to think of any rosters where I have to be deep enough to have a spot available for Darius Geis but I I think it's a good I think it's a good pick you can I, I think you can get him for free I think he's going to be on waiver wires I wouldn't pay more than a fourth round pick for him, but yeah, I'm paying, I think, I'm paying a fourth round easy. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Else not paying a fourth rounder. No, I, I, I and that's why I wouldn't pay a third. I wouldn't pay a, a second. But if I had the roster spot, needed a fourth round pick to get him, or he's just on the waiver wire, I think it's a solid ad. Chuck. Yeah, he's going to be out there. This is the definition of just taking a free shot at him because most leagues he's going to be out there on the waiver wire where you can just pick him up. And the issue for me is just even before all of his issues and suspension came into play, he had some bad knee injuries that were keeping him off the field. So another issue, he is young. He could have a shot at being something in the league, but those injuries were pretty bad. And he just wasn't able to stay on the field. So with an injury history, it's just something to watch out for. But again, if it's free, why wouldn't you take the shot? So I guess I, w- I would be willing to, if I had an open spot, I'd be willing to take a chance on him. But just don't have your expectations too high. No expectations. If he outperforms them, you're rewarded. Literally a potential for zero fantasy points forever in the future for Darius. Right. That, is getting, in the, that is in the play. Absolutely do it. 
Why not? Did you already talk about him? No, but there's not. No, I just threw there. shade. I just threw shade at <laughs> I'd, <laughs> I'd rather have Rex Burkhead. I'd rather have Rex Burkhead. But, but yeah, yeah I, I just heard this news now. I'd have to look more into it. I'm not sure the severity of what he got in trouble for. Joe Mixon did his thing five years ago. A lot has changed since then. So I don't know if he'd get back in the league with how. Sean Watson but, just got the biggest contract in NFL history. Yeah, but yeah, but his twenty two count still. There's twenty two suits against him, and he got the biggest contract in the history of the NFL. Yeah, but there's like Darius guys could end up his, on a roster. His stuff is weird. There's not. There's nothing getting leaked. And there's nothing. There's something 22, weird. Twenty two cases that are still pending and going through different stuff. Um, there's some weird stuff. And he going still on with got that case. the biggest contract in NFL. Yeah, but he plays quarterback. So, that is true. But if and he's a Super Bowl caliber player, so nobody is going to be as pissed that the Cleveland did or that whoever signed Darius Geis, nobody's going to be as pissed at that as they are that Watson got the biggest contract in NFL. Right, right. Uh, yeah, so that's true. there is a there is a chance there's a good chance for him to end up on a roster now that it's been a year. He got his suspension got lifted in last October. So there's been a long time in between that news and there would obviously be a little drummed up, but, but yeah, it's like I said, morality, I wouldn't want him on my roster, but my goal is to win. And I don't agree with anything that he did, but there's a lot of guys in the NFL that I don't agree with what they've done. Neither here nor there. So that is the end of this episode. And if you are listening on Spotify or Apple or Amazon or wherever you're listening to us on, please hit that follow, subscribe, whatever. Leave us a rating and review. That would be greatly appreciated. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like, subscribe, notification bell, and stay tuned. The Dynasty Heat Seekers is a proud member of the Roto Heat family of podcasts. Find fantasy content ranging from Dynasty, Redraft, Devi, and more at rotoheat.com.